This is Beers and Buckets, a podcast for degenerates like us who drink beer and watch basketball. We are the only college basketball podcast that reviews beer and the only beer review podcast that talks college basketball. So grab a beer, throw on a game, and hang with us. All right, welcome in. This is episode 16 of Beers and Buckets. It is, we're two weeks from Selection Sunday. I am over the moon with basketball this week. It's been crazy, but as always, I'm joined by Dal. Uh, Matt's not with us tonight, but we are joined by Andre Gresky. Is that how you pronounce yeah, it? I'm sorry. Nope. I knew I butchered that last name. <laughs> Greska. It's, uh, it's good. Greska. Sorry. I, I had Dwayne Gresky on the line. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, the first or the last. Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, so, Andre, what do you do, man? How do you, how'd you get into the college basketball world? Yeah, so um, roundabout way, um, just – fan at Marquette when I was in school there. Um, I was on the newspaper majoring in journalism and a couple of buddies decided to start a blog um, about the team because we didn't feel the coverage was great. So we just started like plugging away at it. Um, it went from like our senior capstone project sort of thing to, okay, we're, we still live in Milwaukee. Let's continue doing it to, I mean, it's been now 10 years. I don't live in the area. I haven't been to a, a physical game in eight years. But in general, it, this is the way I kind of interact with college basketball is, is living vicariously through this blog. But um, yeah, I mean, do a little bit of this and that. Um, but it, it's it's incredible what basketball has, has brought to me personally, just because um, I was, again, I was a journalist and political science major in, in school, took one science and one math class. It was like statistics for dummies and science for non-science majors and now I'm a uh, marketing data analyst because of my love of advanced metrics, 100% due to basketball. So, it, I mean, I, I credit a lot to Marquette and to college basketball in general. Awesome. So uh, we didn't even mention what your account is, what your podcast is, or anything that is. So go ahead and plug your stuff, yeah, man. No, what, like, let's get this out for No, that. definitely. So it's paint touches. Uh, you know, the generic term, you'll, you'll always hear, uh, oh, we got to get paint touches. I'll, every announcer will, will make it a key to the game. It was... Uh, Danny Manning, Danny Manning is somewhere smiling. Uh, you know, it was a Buzz Williams thing. So Buzz was the coach at the time we were there, and his whole thing was you can't take a shot unless you get a paint touch. They used to count paint touches, all this other stuff. So it was kind of a, an inside joke. And obviously he left, and we were like, well, are we going to change the name? We're like, nah, whatever. So, yeah, you can find yeah. us on Twitter at Paint Touches, uh, paintouches.com. It's a great name. Yeah, it, it, it's actually very relevant at, at all times because no coach is ever going to say we don't want Paint Touches. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Except for maybe NATO. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, that's, that's another level. Uh, NATO counts paint touches as skip passes that go across <laughs> and like technically go through the I don't know if you saw last year when they did the whole story about how he practices his practice those shots like mid-range yeah. are only worth half yeah if you make it into the paint you actually get yeah. negative points so don't even try it <laughs> so college basketball I mean nothing crazy happened yesterday right I mean it's Sunday night nothing crazy same, happened on Saturday Duke, Duke beat Syracuse same old, same old. Uh, yeah. everything was normal yeah everything was normal just the you know one, two, three, four, five, six, and number nine lost in the same day. <laughs> it was crazy. Absolutely. Matt insane. actually, Matt actually, our is who sometimes joins us on on here. Uh, was mad because he bet on he did a parlay of the top eight teams losing, and they all hit, obviously, except the Duke. Oh. And so, uh, as if someone needed a reason to hit Duke, right? No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <exactly. laughs> 
I did see on Gambling Gauchos, which is a Texas Tech gambling podcast. That's part of the, the Gunslinger Network. Incredibly niche. <laughs> yeah, like great name by the way. But they did the they did the math on it, and that if they uh, if you had did a five dollar parlay on the one teams one through six losing, you would have won forty seven hundred dollars. So pretty wild. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but only two of the six teams were favored to win yesterday. So that's just the kind of weekend that we were approaching. No. So it's pretty wild. And I was talking with my dad and he's like, I think teams like just weren't given, you know, they've, they've already kind of secured that one or two seed. I don't think they're really trying at this point, you know? Yeah, it's, I think it's, it's a level a of effort game. where it's not that they're yeah. not trying. Obviously these teams are like, going, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it, it's not like a do or die at this point for them where Absolutely. they're going to kind of extend the game past, their natural kind of end. I think, especially, especially all on the road right, too. Right. Like it, yeah. it makes a huge difference that they all were those all crowds playing. are nuts too. Uh, so it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's another level. Yeah. So um, if you missed out, so number one, Gonzaga lost to St. Mary's, um, which Dal, you and I had already like. I think we predicted that that loss on the Throwdown Games last week. So that nod to us, you know, for that. Who else lost yesterday? Number two, uh, who was who was ranked second? I can't remember at this point. Uh, Auburn, Arizona, Arizona. Auburn was three. Arizona was two. Arizona yeah. lost. Ooh, I, I I sprinkled a little bit on the Colorado money line there. Yeah, um, and then obviously Auburn lost. So like Kentucky lost. Who else lost? Purdue lost. Michigan State. That was the most shocking upset I think of the day because. At, up to this point, Michigan State didn't show me anything to be confident in the upset there. Like, even in games that they were favored and they've lost in at home. So, it was kind of weird. Just an all-around wacky uh, wacky Saturday of college basketball, two weeks removed from Selection Sunday. But, I mean, overall, you got to be happy with the product of college basketball, you know, like in that in this scenario. So, uh, update us on Marquette. I didn't really, like, pay close attention to them this week. What happened to them this weekend, this past yeah, week? Yeah, so this weekend they beat Butler. Um, obviously, Butler is not Butler of the past decade or so. They're um, mid-130s or something like that. Um, so, mm-hmm. obviously, Marquette was favored at home. I think they were favored by 8.5. They, they covered by 8. It was a difficult game, not exactly one that you want to yeah. show on the highlights. Um, but it was a, a much-needed win. Marquette had dropped three of four, um, had just lost at Creighton the week past. Uh, it, it, it's it been a really strange season with, like, ridiculous highs and kind of some, like, expected lows. So I think we should back up a little bit because for those that might not be aware, Marquette, um, I hired Shaka Smart to replace Steve Ojahowski, um this past offseason. And it was a big deal because no one had actually put Wojo on the hot seat. So it kind of was a a power move from the administration showing like, hey, you know what? We want to win. We know that it's not going to happen. But literally everyone left. Austin Garcia went to North Carolina. Um, DJ Carton left for the G League. Um, Jamal Kane obviously is at Oakland killing it. You got Theo John at Duke. So talent, lots of talent dispersed. filled the cupboard with, with transfers and freshmen, but nothing. they were predicted ninth in the Big East. Um, they were like on Massey's composites. They were in the low 80s. So really was more of a let's, let's build a foundation sort of year. And that's kind of what happened. Uh, they, they beat Illinois, but without Kofi. So 
big asterisk there. Um, beat West Virginia, but West Virginia hasn't been much to write home about. So um, in general, uh, through December, they were about what we expected, um, like NIT-ish. Um, nothing, big. but then they, after losing their first three Big East games, they became literally one of the best teams in the country. I think for a 40 day stretch, they were in the top 10 in terms of efficiency stand, from an efficiency standpoint. So um, this was, I mean, to say it's unexpected, it doesn't really convey the, like the amazingness of this run because you, when you're expecting to like, maybe, Hey, maybe we'll make the NIT. And then all of a sudden you're like, looking up well, Pittsburgh's not that far. Maybe I could get an Airbnb, you know, if we get a, four, a three or four seat, um, it was, it was nuts. Um, there's been a bit of a decline since then. Um, again, expected in the sense that the, the talent level on this Marquette team, isn't something that's going to scare most teams. Um, but unexpected in the fact that they played 40 straight days of just ridiculously awesome basketball so now we're down to the last week of the regular season um i think they're going to finish about um fifth in the big east there's a possibility they could finish fourth if they uh if creighton loses out and marquette wins out they have DePa- marquette has depaul on the road and st john's at home so it's not like a, a huge um barrier but the way marquette has been playing like i i think a split would be about expected at this point in time so long story short um Really, really unexpected, fun season. Um, probably not a team that is going to make the second weekend, but the fact that it's going to be a, a, a favorite in the first round is is unexpected and pretty awesome from my end. Yeah, no, I mean they. You you say they they so they played UCLA, Xavier, UConn, and Creighton at the end of yep. December and January first. From there, they ended ended that Creighton loss at 83rd in Ken Palm. And then by February 2nd, they were 30th in Ken Nuts. Palm. Like over a 50 point, over a 50 point jump. Yeah. So I don't know if, if any of you follow it's JG trends on um, Twitter. Yeah. The, the best charts, just, just awesome. Like the best data yeah. visualization <laughs> in the game. And he, he actually cut off Marquette for January. Cause he's like, well, it broke the chart. It was like so far to the right in terms of like the efficiency. <laughs> so that, that's the kind of, of month it was that um, like the things if you think about when you're falling asleep, like, Oh, they're going to win by 40, you know, and then they beat Providence by 32. And it's like, Oh man. And then they beat Georgetown by 25 on the road and um, beat Villanova twice. Uh, I think Villanova hadn't lost at home yeah. at the Finn since 2018 and it only lost twice in wow. Big East play ever there. So just really, really like I said, these highs that were unexpected and legitimately impressive, um, but I think they found their level. So we'll see. There's, there's two weeks to kind of right the ship and kind of get, get some of the momentum back. But uh, even without a strong kind of tournament, that it, still be one 100% successful season. Yeah, absolutely. I think everybody was kind of writing this year off for Marquette. Oh, yeah. So the fact that they even making the tournament, it's just amazing. It is. It, so. it is. Like I, I'm a pessimist at heart. So like I, I put up a poll and I was laughing at the people who were like, maybe we'll be on the bubble. I'm like, no, this is not going to be a bubble team. Like this is, this is <laughs> an NIT bubble team at best. And I mean, that's why I don't bet. Cause <laughs> I know, I know little to nothing. It's, it's been a good, it's been a good year for teams that were projected around the like nine or 10 mark in their conference. Yeah. I know Wisconsin yeah, was projected 10th in the big 10 and they took the lead uh yeah, iowa state was like, 10th in the uh big 12 tech wake forest was pretty wake forest was like 14th yeah. or something yeah. in the acc and then they're 
if I'm well, not mistaken, Texas Tech was kind of down there too. As far as, like, I don't think maybe they were nine or ten, but maybe they're eight. I, I know they're pretty low after the departure of uh, Chris Beard, and you know, not sure like where Mark Adams, you know, how he would do there. So, yeah, no, they're uh, that's pretty awesome. They're ridiculously impressive. That that team. Yeah. It, I mean. There's a whole connection with like Shotgun Texas. I've followed them more than I probably ever have in my life in terms of just non-market, non-kind of elite teams. But um, yeah. it makes you think like, all right, well, how much of a beard was Mark Adams? Because not that beard is doing bad, but it, you just you just see the like the genius behind the defense and getting yeah. these, these oh, players absolutely. that don't have any any like NBA <laughs> talent or, or potential yeah. and just playing tremendous. So I mean. I guess we'll find out in a, in a few years who who was the the mastermind there. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, let's uh, let's jump into some interview questions. I think you kind of already touched on how you became a Marquette fan, being an alumni, and everything like that. So, um, I gotta ask, or I'm gonna give you four coaches' names, and then you go ahead and rank them here. So, first is Tom Crean, second would be Buzz Williams, third would be Steve Wojo, and the last being Shock Smart. Okay. How would you rank them? You got to start with Buzz. Um, I'm not a huge fan. Uh, I went on the Stories podcast where uh, I'm not sure if you guys have listened to it before, but you, you kind of imbibe some yeah. beverages and, and talk a lot. And so it, it, I've actually been on okay, it as well. Well, there you go. So <laughs> yeah. it turned into like a, a Buzz session for the last 30 minutes. Um, but <laughs> Quite literally, yeah, right? Li- literally, though. <laughs> so I, I can't say anything against his coaching, though, because I know he hasn't had the success at Texas A&M um, yet, but what he did at Virginia Tech, what he did at um, Marquette with the, the pieces that he had, I think is just undeniable. Like his coaching acumen is so good. And the thing I'll say about him is he could probably be a motivational speaker over a coach. Like he's that kind of person that's going to get people to like walk on coals. Like you could do. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to put him first again as a coaching person, not as in like personal favorite. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So then number two, I, I was looking this over and I was like, mm, is it going to be kind of homerish to pick Shaka or over Korean? But I think Shaka is, will take it because he's had success. Absolutely. Um, obviously he didn't have the success in the tournament at Texas, which is why he's probably at Marquette now. Um, but he, his teams um, are just much better at playing his style with Tom Crean. Yes. He went to the final four with Marquette. Yes. He won a couple big, Big Ten titles with Indiana. I don't think we want to talk about Georgia, but if you want to factor in Georgia, then <laughs> he's, he's going to pop, drop to the bottom of the heap. So, in general, yeah. I would if if you were to pick uh, a team X and and say, hey, you could pick one of these coaches to, to take. I think you'd pick Shaka second, um, yeah. Tom Crean third. Um, not that I think he's a tremendous <laughs> coach, but um, I think the success he he has had. Um, the, the length of his of his career at this point, um, and just the fact that he's a better person. But um, I'll put him third, and then last is Wojo. And I don't want to disparage him too much. Obviously, Marquette was his first real coaching gig. Um, yeah. He, he his issue was um, the way we like to describe it internally within the Marquette fan base was um, high floor, low ceiling. Like you're not yeah. gonna the bottom's not gonna drop out. He's not gonna be. Georgia rank 160 whatever in, in Kempom, but you're not going to make it into the upper echelon of teams ever with with a Wojo coach team. He just he's he's reliant on talent, and um, unlike Duke, you don't, can't really get that kind of talent at 
Marquette, and he got awesome talent. Like Marcus Howard, one of my favorite players ever. Sam Hauser, one of my favorite players yeah. ever. Dawson Garcia. I mean, like, we just talked about all these players that went to high majors. They were all playing under him, and yet Marquette yeah. couldn't really put it together. So that, I think that would go in that order. Buzz, Shaka, um, Korean, Wojo. Say Wojo really flopped to the bottom of that list. <laughs> you know, sometimes you got to slap the floor to, to really get back up. That's what they needed. Just more floor slapping. Ironically, yeah. it's one of the key tenets of Shaka's defense this year is floor slapping. And we and at first we thought he was like being silly, and they do it. Like, and I'm like, they they slap the floor now more. Like, whatever it is at least the defense is good. It's a different take on paint touches. Yeah, <laughs> floor slaps. Yeah, yeah. No, I can't stand when people slap the floor, man. It's my favorite when they slap the floor and then immediately somebody scores on yes. them. Yeah, those those videos are the best. Yeah, I think I think uh, Auburn did it or Tennessee maybe. I can't remember. Somebody did it in the game this year against Kentucky, and I was just in Dow. I remember you saying like, "I love it when they slap the floor and then immediately Kentucky scores." <laughs> immediately just get taken off the dribble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's fantastic. All right, so you you said that Marcus Howard is one of your favorite players. Um, well, I guess we'll start with who's your favorite player on Marquette this year. And then you can kind of go into favorite Marquette players throughout the. Okay, that's a, that's a tough the, question, the by the way. Like you can't pick favorites. Like I, I got four kids. I'm you're not going to ask me which one's my favorite. But but if I have to kind of select, but you have one. <laughs> you know you have. One. That's what I told my wife too. She's like, no, yeah, I don't pick favorites. <laughs> um, I think in terms of like watching them play, it's Justin Lewis this year because he has a really strange mix of playing styles where he's. He's kind of got really thick legs, not the fastest or the most agile, but he, he's got like a 40-inch vertical, jumps out the gym. Um, this year became a 35% three-point shooter, shooting 40% in, in conference play, just really, really showing out the NBA package. Um, comes up clutch, beat Villanova with a late shot, um, scored 35 against Seton Hall. So... Like from a like a visual standpoint, it would have to be Justin. But I'm gonna I'm gonna shout out to Tyler Kolak right now because I'm guessing most around the country have never heard of him. He's a transfer from George Mason. He was the A10 Player of the Year last year, and he was a shooting guard. But they brought him over and they were like, "Hey, you're gonna play point guard." And he is just like a wizard at the pick and roll. Um, I think he was in the top three of. Uh, pick and roll passes this year per synergy in terms of how many he's run just nonstop pick and roll pick and roll pick and roll Fran Fraschilla uh, did a little breakdown on him it it's weird because he's like six two six three he's not physically imposing um he's he's got this this spunk to him though where he's always being harassed by the fan bases you know he, the white point guard gets gets the ire uh, it will always be that way but but he he like gives it back yep. he's blowing kisses to Villanova after the game it's like he was singing country roads when uh, at the free throw line when they were playing West Virginia it's just that That's yeah awesome. he, he is someone that like you just love to have on your team but you would hate him so much if you're playing against him so I'm gonna give you that as a, as a, a B, option B because Justin Lewis probably won't be here next year Nice, yeah. I was looking at Justin Lewis's, you know how Ken Palm has the like similar mm-hmm. two players underneath, and his similar two this year is crazy. So Miles yep. Bridges is his first one. Julian Champagny from, from St. John's, uh, yeah. St. John's is second. Dylan Brooks is third, and EJ Liddell is yeah. fourth. Like that's a, like that's a good for list. him only be I mean, like he's I guess technically a freshman. Yeah, technically, he yeah. played last year with the COVID year. But like Having that guy as a freshman and having those four guys be the ones that you're being compared to, like, right? 
the sky's and, the and limit. And the thing is, his three-point shot came out of nowhere. I think in Big E's play last year, he shot like 19%. At one point, he went one for 24. He was... No, he shot nine. Okay, there we go. I, I oversold it. Like nine. It, it, over, so over the summer, I talked to Nevada Smith, who's the offensive coordinator. He's like a special assistant to Shaka because um, I'd heard that he'd done some work with Texas's offense. So I, I just talked to him a little bit. And he, was, he told me, like, listen, we thought Justin was a really good player when we came in, but then we saw him and our our jaws dropped. Like, he is legit. So I'm like, okay, you know, coach talks off his player. Water's wet. But yeah. <laughs> but seeing him and seeing what he's evolved into and kind of where his game can go because uh, it's it's nuts. It, he's he's going to be one of those guys that you see in the NBA and you're like, oh, like he's still in the NBA because he has a game that translates really well in terms of he can he can guard the four the three, um, not super agile laterally, but as long as he can hit the the, the corner three, he's going to play some PJ Tucker ish ball for for a long long time. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, he took 52 free throws in the 2021, his 2021 freshman season, and shot 57%. He's shooting 75% on 106 attempts at the free throw line, and yet went 7 for 32 in his first year, and has now already taken 138 yeah. threes <laughs> on the year and shooting 34%. Like, that's just it's, it's nuts. I think he's got, like, a seven, two or seven three wingspan, so, like, way greater than his height. His hands, like, measure the size of quads, like, they're just enormous mitts. Um, so it's it's fun to watch him. Um, kind of, you know, when you don't expect someone to be that good, and you're like, all right, well, I got a, yeah. I got five games left this year with him. Let me, let me savor that. Um, on... I'm looking at this Marquette team. If you were going to steal one player from any other team to put on Marquette's uh, team to yeah. try to make them better or just because you like watching them. Who would, who All right, so it's going to seem like a, a, like a brown-nosing sort of pick, but if you're on Ken Palm, <laughs> look at Marquette's O-rebounding and D-rebounding. I have a... I have a if, you, if you're going to guess who, yes, that is exactly who, because it's it's... Unbelievable. This is the worst offensive rebounding team in Marquette history by rank. And this is the second worst yeah, defensive rebounding good. team in Marquette history by rank. So yes, give me Oscar. Give me every single board he can gobble up because <laughs> you have no idea how frustrating it is to watch seven minute possessions as just teams ice the game with rebound after rebound after rebound. Yeah. And the, yeah. in, in I, I get it. I dove deep into this and, and Shaka's teams are never great at defensive rebounding just the way they switch they're out of position um the type of center he wants is kind of this lanky uh, string bean um he doesn't like the the, the ball so i get that and i I can live with that because the defense is good e-field goal great um and even in the second possessions you limit but the offensive rebound has never been this bad and that's just something that if you give me ask way for like a game just so i can like see it for myself and, and kind of see the difference of of what we could yeah. do that, that that's who i would take for sure awesome so i mean he had an incredible incredible game yeah yesterday, by the way you can't go can't can't go any further without saying that that was one of his best performances it happened to come in a loss but oh well. <laughs> uh so i mean we talked about a star player what about a role player really? all right so i'm not sure how much you watched watched depaul this year um but i watched so much Big East basketball and DePaul's Mike. Like I, I'm from Chicago, um, I, I have a thing for them. I don't like like them or cheer for them, but I, I watch them a ton. Um, David Jones 
is someone that if you aren't aware of, like you should probably get to know him because he has NBA written all over him. Um, he came out of nowhere. He was like barely played as a freshman, was not in anyone's scouting report this year. And I think he dropped 30 at Louisville or something like that. So I started like paying attention to him and he's just, he's a, he's a monster. He's six, six uh, plays kind of a wing role, but he can, he can uh, create on his own. He's a decent shooter. I think he's at 31% or something, but he can, he can basically play all five positions and the way DePaul plays again, I don't expect many people have watched DePaul like on purpose, but um, the, the kind of frenetic style um, and, and he, he does it so well. So he is someone that technically he's not a role player. He's, he's one of the most impactful players. I was looking it up on, on Hoop Explorer. When he's on the floor, um, uh, DePaul outscores teams out, outside of garbage time. DePaul outscores teams by like 12. And when he's off, they get outscored by seven. So that's not the same with um, Freeman Liberty, who is their go-to big time scorer. They're about equal when he's on yeah. or when he's off. So David Jones, not that DePaul is great, but I think he'd just be a perfect piece to slide in as a three for Marquette this year. Gets, he's a really good rebounder. can shoot the open shot, create a little bit, and guard pretty much one through five if needed, um, which is great when you're switching basically everything. So give me give me David Jones, give me Shibway, and I'll be happy. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I, I like the David Jones pick just looking at his uh, his from his freshman year. His first similar to is Arno William Adalamoto, <laughs> who is this like random <laughs> – uh, role player at, at at Wake, but he so he was at Wake whenever I was there, and he was so athletic. And every single time he tried to dunk on someone, he would like cock it back to his shoelaces, and he all, he never finished it because he he just would like he would wind up way too much. We're like, dude, just do like sixty percent of that, and he would have had so many dunks on guys. Uh, but that's just the most random name that unless you were at Wake Forest, literally at like. In 2013, yeah. you would not know who you that is. You could have made up the name, and I would have believed you because I, I definitely have not. I thought you did make up the name, <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> so, yeah, um, he was from Cameroon. He ended up transferring to, like, Towson or something. He was not a great basketball player, but he was – man, he was so athletic. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> All right, so, Andre, how would you rank the top five conferences in college basketball this year? Unbiased. Yeah, I mean, unbiased, obviously. Big, no, <laughs> we're going to go with the uh, – the Big 12, I I think just top to bottom, it's nuts what they have to go through. And it isn't just like, oh, they prop themselves up because they're they're playing each other and they've got high nets yeah. or high compound rings, whatever. Like just with the Big 12, um, Big East Challenge, like I got to see a bunch of those teams. And there's just, it's nuts. Their, their worst teams are like middle tier, like top middle tier teams anywhere else. Like what yeah. I, I said, we played West Virginia. Um before they're swooned, but they wouldn't have swooned in another conference because they're not playing a gauntlet every single day. So uh, I think the Big 12 is, is clearly number one. For number two, I, I had difficulty because I think if you asked me like a week and a half ago, I might have said the Big the Big 10 um, just because I – I watched a little bit of Illinois when, when they played, and I've seen I've seen that Wisconsin a ton. Um, and then obviously you still have the Michigan States. You've you got Purdue. Yeah. You've got a, a lot of depth in the middle. Um, but I don't know. Having seen Purdue falter a little bit, uh, seeing just the way they're, they're finishing, I, I'd have to put the SEC at number two right now just because Arkansas has come up gives it like three legit legit like teams at the top that i don't think the big 10 has so 
I, it's a toss-up. Arkansas and Tennessee. Too. Yeah, Tennessee's right, right. And Tennessee's just sleep. Like everyone's sleeping on them. I, I don't know. Like, I, I say everyone, but I mean myself. I, after Villanova like crushed <laughs> them, I was like, ah, whatever. They're they're gonna be what they are. Um, so yeah. I think the SEC right now I would put number two, big big uh, ten at number three, and then I put the Big East at four. Um, not a ton of upper tier kind of elite eight final four potential outside of Nova. And even that's iffy. I, I would not bet Nova to make it to the final four. Um, but not the luckiest team, not the luckiest team in the history listen, of the world. In listen, Providence. I've, <laughs> I've tried to be as like graceful as possible because it's, I, I like, I like Providence's fans and it must suck when like, everyone thinks like you're lucky, but at some point, like you just got to like own up to it. Like, okay. We, we played yeah, yeah. Wisconsin without Johnny Davis. All right. We, we caught Texas tech early before they really were, like, were together. Hey, we played Seton hall when they had six players and all of them coming off of COVID at the same time. Hey, we didn't get, they didn't play three of their five hardest games in the big East. They got canceled. So even this like big East championship, like, You'll never hear the end of it from any other non-PC fan because it's legit. I can't say they didn't win the games they did, even if they were close. But um, I don't, I don't think they're a second weekend team. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, there's a reason they're 39. Yeah, weekend and ball. even yeah, that's. Absolutely. I think this is the first time they've been top 40 all season or something. It's, it's been a while yeah. at least. So yeah, yeah, yeah they've been like mid 40s. Yeah. So for number five, I would. I mean. I guess I pack 12. The ACC sucks. Like <laughs> there's no way around it. Yes. Like, Duke is fine. <laughs> and then you can kind of sell me a Notre Dame and then I'm not going to buy any of anyone else. Um, at least with the pack 12, uh, I, I mean, UCLA's had their struggles, but I, I've seen them firsthand and, I, and you know, their stealing is, is, is up there. I'm not a big believer yeah. in USC, but it, we'll see. Um, I actually, I don't think Oregon will make the tournament, but they're the kind of team that you know will, will, will spray an upset and then make it to the yeah. Sweet 16 just the way they've played in the past, the way they, they play now. So give me the pick 12, and then you can fight between the the, the ACC and, and anyone else you want to put up there. WCC? <laughs> I, was thinking, I, thought about have it. Like, I thought about it. I think Mountain like, West. I think Mountain West. Mountain West. Colorado yeah. State. Yeah. They'll make some noise. Yeah, I was looking at some, like, uh, the potential teams, but, like, you know, how many teams we had per conference. And, uh, you know, one had Big Ten at number one with eight eight potential teams. I'm like, there's not a single conference that I think eight teams should <laughs> Like, you can't tell me that the number eight team in, in the Big Ten deserves to go to the tournament. Like, you can't well, tell me I that. mean, there's the ACC ball. has five projected. I know, like, four of those are, like, super bubble. Three of those are, like, super bubblish cases. Yeah, yeah. But still, I'm like – we were talking about like a two a, a two team ACC this year, and they're probably yeah five just baffles me. But I mean, I guess I think they'll probably end up getting yeah. four in, just because one of Miami, Virginia Tech, North Carolina like has to lose <laughs> early. Like none of them can make it far enough in the tournament that they, they get that bounce. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. So, all right, and. Uh, so what, what are three other podcasts that, and it doesn't have to be just sports podcasts, be anything that you listen to, you recommend, but um, that you would recommend to our audience and okay. why? So I'm going to, I'm going to do kind of a split the baby thing, but there's two really good Marquette podcasts that obviously if you don't 
like Marquette, it's probably not your cup of tea. But if, if you're ever like facing Marquette in the NCAA tournament, I would highly suggest like this is something that'll teach you something and make you laugh. First is scrambled eggs um, run by two, two good buddies. Um, they've been going for like 10 years at this point. Um, real good, insightful, like ton of metrics and good stories there. The next one is um, the golden break. Um, relatively new, but really good at interviewing. Um, they talked to Nevada Smith, like who I mentioned a couple of times. They had a, a live pod with Travis Diener of, of a lot of TBT notoriety and, and past Marquette glory. Um, so those are two really good Marquette-centric podcasts. But if we're going to go out of the sports realm, um, Slow Burn, I, I can't get enough of Slow Burn. So I'm not sure if you've, you guys have known, I think it's an NPR podcast. Um, they take a like very popular cultural event so the first one was watergate and then they they do like a 10 episode series going like super in depth they did watergate they did um uh, bill clinton's impeachment they did tupac versus biggie just a really like really cool assortment of uh of topics and they do it really really well like going into the again i'm a journalist at heart so um i love that kind of stuff in the media and, and really find myself kind of gravitating um, to that kind of really in-depth um, features type reporting. And the last one, ESPN Daily. I know that's kind of a common one, or, or no one's going to say they haven't heard of ESPN, but um, Pablo Torre, I can't get <laughs> enough of him. And it, it's just really, Pablo yeah, dope. It's, it's a really like different style. It doesn't feel like a podcast. It feels like a mini documentary on like every single day, the way he does yeah. that. Um, so that's the, the three, three-tier three arc that I, that I have in my queue most days cool cool Actually, I, I'll, I'll I, have to check out slow burn i i feel like i've heard of it but i had never really gotten into they made it a, yeah, same a, a tv show out of one of the seasons i think the the watergate and sorry the bill clinton impeachment uh, but like i said they, they have worn iraq they ha, they have a, a six seasons now at this point they're doing rodney king yeah, right now it yeah like. i haven't i haven't heard that one yet uh, i haven't started it because I, I like to like listen to them all at once but um, yeah, yeah. Big Evers Tupac, all, like yeah. that one was incredible because I, I know nothing. Like, I I was maybe like five at the time, so I definitely was not listening to Big <laughs> or Tupac. Yeah. If you if you like slow burn, uh, dissect yes. like a music podcast. Oh, I've, I've listened does. to that. It's very, it's like my beautiful dark twisted fantasy one like six times oh, at this point. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That, that's it. So good. That's a, that's a great call. I, I should have called that out. You're right. I I, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's uh let's move on here. This is Shark Tank Upsets. Each host pitches an upcoming game using stats and reasoning to convince the sharks to buy in. Sharks can buy a pint, case, keg, or be completely out. This is Shark Tank Upsets, and this week, Beers and Buckets returns to the tank. All right, so Shark Tank Upsets, you're our guest, Andre. What do you got? What are you pitching this week? Ah. Uh. I'm going to go against Marquette. How about that? <laughs> Ooh, wow. I'm, I'm going to do it. And I, I, like I said, I've watched them a ton. I can feel it happening. Every year under Wojo, we had don't lose to DePaul is the motto every time you play <laughs> DePaul. It's DLTD, and you'll find the hashtag. The way DePaul has been playing with both Freeman Liberty back and David Jones back is just petrifying for me. Um, Marquette hasn't really had a great game since that final Villanova game. It's now been three weeks at that point. Um, and DePaul's style is, is one that 
is conducive to Marquette. They like to run, they like to gun, um, a lot of open lane for pick and roll action, but fast break has actually, the fast break defense has been one of Marquette's biggest weaknesses. So um, if DePaul gets this going, if Freeman Liberty keeps on this heater he had, I think he had 39 points today against St. John's or something like that. Um, I'm going to say that DePaul takes this when they're third in a row and finally get the little buzz um, for like, hey, you know, that could be a dark horse Big East tournament pick before they lose in the first round. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so give me give me DePaul over Marquette on Wednesday. What do you think, Dal? So looking at this, one of the, the big things, and you already kind of mentioned it with your Asashibe pick, but uh, the, the lack of ability to defensive rebound, I think, is one of the big things that really sticks out to me here. DePaul's 54th in the country in offensive rebound percentage, and Marquette is 310th in defensive rebounding. So that could be that could be a little bit of an issue. Um, and I didn't realize like how good of a year Javon Freeman Liberty uh, had been having because, like you said, DePaul isn't exactly must watch TV yeah, all the time. No. Uh, I think so. DePaul just their effective field goal percentage is super low, which makes me kind of worried. So a lot of it's just going to end up being like. Can they create enough possessions to and get enough second chance points to to really win? Um, I don't know. I'm in a tough spot too because I, I can pander to the guest because you're a Marquette fan or because this is your pick. So I don't know what to do there. Um, I'll I'll buy a six pack on it because I think it will be. A, it it does look like that it'll be like a really good game. Uh, I think Ken Palm has it as like a three point game. So uh, I'll buy a six pack on it. What about you, Connor? I'm actually going to be out on this because I think if the motto under Wojo was don't lose to DePaul, Shaka Smart's above that. He doesn't need to worry about losing to DePaul because he's going to, I think they're going to win by like nine or 10, to be honest with you. I just think that the days of losing to DePaul, DePaul is is over. It's a 36 to 106 matchup in Ken Palm. I think, I think if you're looking for an answer in stats, you're going to find it, but I just don't think it's there today. So. I'm out. From your lips to God's ears. <laughs> All right, Dal, what are you pitching, man? I am pitching uh, Rutgers to go into Bloomington and upset Indiana. Kegs on uh, me. What? Kegs, kegs on me. <laughs> Let's go. They literally, Rutgers has upset like every major team in the Big Ten this year. Rutgers is awesome, man. <laughs> Cliff Amore is dope. Ron Harper is dope. Uh, I think they're going to make a run Cat, Cliff Amore. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think they're going to make a run in the tournament, but to do that, they kind of need to win out yeah, because they, uh, they already have double digit losses. Uh, and so I think they need to win more, even though Indiana is also like kind of on the bubble a little bit, but, uh, but Ruggers has size. And I think they have three of the best four or five players on the, on the court. Trace Jackson Davis is probably the best player yeah. across both teams but then you could honestly go with the three guys from Rutgers uh as the next three so that's kind of the the thought process there also Rutgers is really good at, at turning their opponents over and getting steals which usually mm-hmm. leads to fast break points and Indiana is kind of weak at ball at the the ball handling the one and the two and um are kind of turnover prone so that's my pitch Connor I can tell is already in yeah I'm I'm actually looking on for bracketology to see where Rutgers kind of lies, and they're not even bubble right now. So they definitely need to win out, and they probably have to make it pretty far in the big uh, the Big Ten tournament to 
even be considered uh, maybe to be in the play-in game for it. So we'll see. But, they lost to Lafayette. That yeah, is still that, winning. Dude, that, I, I'm in. That that loss is bafflingly bad. That's twice what we've talked about that loss on this podcast. True. True. I, I think the Pittsburghers are four. Yeah, no, I'm in because I mean, they like I said, they're the ones that upset upset Purdue when Purdue was untouchable at the you know, at the beginning, and then uh, who else? They they feel like they just upset like every major team that's you know Big Ten has had to offer as a contender they've upset them so they went uh, they went michigan state ohio state wisconsin illinois uh at the beginning of february which is just yeah an insane incredible run. run incredible run so uh I, yeah i'm in i'm in on this one um so yeah and then i'm gonna wrap this up with there's two games this week the the timing of this one is more important so on the first on tuesday kansas at tcu uh, not TCU at Kansas, mind you. Kansas at TCU. They play back-to-back games on the. We first know how much you court. love that. <laughs> so ridiculous, but um, I'm 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 saying this for the first reason I have is TCU is 28th in adjusted adjusted efficiency on defense. Uh, so they're pretty good uh, overall on defense, especially you know making sure that they hit that closeout. They just got an upset over number nine Texas Tech this past weekend because it was at home. Uh, TCU turns the ball over a lot, but Kansas doesn't really force a lot of turnovers. So it's not like, you know, like TCU has won games while turning the ball over. And that's because other teams have forced them for the most part. They just don't take good care of the basketball. Kansas doesn't do a good job of forcing them though. So TCU doesn't shoot well from deep, but they don't rely on three point shooting. So 25.2% of their um, point distribution comes from three. And uh, Kansas is thirty; it has thirty-four percent in in comparison uh, in their point three-point uh, distribution. But shooting on the road is tough. It's always a tough game. Uh, you never know how crazy the crowd's going to be. But also, these teams play each other back to back. If Kansas is going to slip up and lose one, it's going to be this one on the road, um, especially when they have to play them. You know, three days later, two days later. And then uh, my last point is TCU needs to go at least two and one, maybe to move up a seed line. Uh, right now, I think they're projected eight seed. If they can maybe move up to sneak in as a seven seed in the tournament, that'd be huge for them. And then, uh, you know, wins, win against Kansas will do that because Kansas is currently a one seed. So what do you guys think? I can honestly say, I don't think I've watched like more than 30 seconds of TCU play this year. So <laughs> everything you're telling me is kind of like informing me of, of, of what they are. But, yeah. Uh, I, I do I do subscribe to the uh, the desperate team at the end of the year because obviously not every desperate team can win but when you're at home you need that win obviously anytime Kansas visits you're gonna you're gonna be feeling it so yeah yeah I I can buy it sweet Dow I'm I'm sitting here looking at both of their Kim Pump things. I'm just baffled that Kansas still has the fourth best offense in the country because yeah. their offense is literally, hey, OJ Baji, go do stuff, please. And yeah. then he does a lot of times. But the fact that they're still fourth in efficiency in, uh, in the country is very surprising to me. Um, so I, I think – to win this game, TCU has to get David McCormick in foul trouble. Yeah. David McCormick is incredibly overrated, but he is very good offensive rebounding and not as good defensive rebounding, but still very good. And that's one of the things TCU does incredibly well. So I think to to really be able to win this game, they need to be able to get him 
in foul trouble and get him kind of off the court so they can really take advantage of that defensive rebounding. Uh, I'm feeling generous. I'll I'll do a six pack on this one as well. Sweet. I'm I'm not super confident okay. that it happens because I feel like every time you want Kansas to lose and you're like, oh, Kansas might not win a Big Ten <laughs> or a Big Twelve championship. They somehow like magically <laughs> have all that. the pieces fall into yeah. place to for them to win it. So. It just seems like bad juju to go against them when they like are kind of coming down to the wire. But I'll go. I'll do, I'll do a six pack. Sweet. I'll take it. I'll take it. So, all right, let's move on. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. One of the greatest presidents in our history, Ben Franklin, once said, Beer is proof that God loves us and wants us to be happy. None of what I just said is actually true, but who cares because beer. This is the part of the episode where each of us reviews a beer that we've either never had before or we just highly recommend. Let's drink. All right, it's beer o'clock. Andre, what are you drinking, man? I went traditionalist. So being from the Midwest, uh, it's still kind of foreign to me because they don't sell it where I'm at. But I went with a Yingling traditional lager. Um, Yingling is awesome like it's such a good beer it's such a great price um it's so easy to drink like you could drink it while you're eating you could drink it while you're out like you could drink it for for taste um it's relatively low in alcoholic volume 4.5 so it's not something that you know you're gonna have to be uh eating with to to make sure you're you're still stable but um it the traditional lager for me they have a couple now they have a black and tan they have the um a blonde that's that's okay but when you stick with the traditional, it's just, it makes anything you're doing better. So, so I'm like, you know what, is this too simple for, for some, but I'm like, no, you know what, there's, there's plenty of people who have never heard of it or have not tried it that um, might need a little wreck that if they're ever in, in the East coast, you see it on the shelves. Yeah. Just because it's, it's priced with a, a Bud Light or a, or a Miller, um, you might like stick away from it, but it, it's delicious and um, it gets my hearty recommendation. Yeah, so it uh, it used to not be distributed in Kentucky, like, even up until like 2017, 2016, 2017. So every time my dad would come visit me at Wake Forest, he would buy like four cases <laughs> of Yingling and drive them back up. Yes. He like honestly, if he would have gotten pulled over, he might have been on the like verge of being. Like arrested for bootlegging. Yeah. He was transporting that many yinglings, but yeah. he would always get it when he would come to North Carolina. Um, and then they finally sell it in Kentucky now. Yeah, uh, yingling is awesome. I mean, they have the they have a plant down here in Tampa, and that's what uh, South Florida is actually. They're like it used to be called the Sun Dome. It's now called the Yingling Center. Uh, oh. But I love yingling, so they are opening up this new. Uh, like I guess it's a another brew like a brew plant or whatever, but they're making it a center where you can kind of like have like you know they have vendors and all this stuff. So I'm excited for that to open down here. 
Sure. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad that you guys have tried it because again, I'm from Chicago and they don't they don't sell it there. Um, yeah. I, so I I didn't try it till I lived in Pennsylvania seven eight years ago. So um, if you are in the area, and I'm, what I'm going to do too, I don't have it because I'm not there. But speaking of like regional, just delicious beer, Spotted Cow from New Glarus. If you're ever in Wisconsin. I highly suggest you, you do the same thing and you buy like six cases and smuggle them to wherever you live because it's fantastic and they will not sell it outside of Wisconsin. So next yeah, time awesome. you're going to the cheese state, get your cheese curds, um, get whatever other cheese you need, but you, you come back with a spotted cow that are like 50 and, and you'll be very, very happy for it. Awesome. Yeah. What you drinking, man? So I, we're, we're, we're like jumping a little bit. Because I picked, like, the other day at Liquor Barn, I picked six random beers to have. Um, Save this one for, for today because Wisconsin, which is where Marquette is, obviously, is on the Great Lakes. This is Great Lakes Brewing that's actually since, or like a Cleveland brewery. So not really uh, in Wisconsin, but tangential at least. Hey, and it's, I love uh, Right. It's a, it's called Crushworthy Locale Citrus Sweet. I honestly picked it because one of the things that we like to, to say here is like, is this beer crushable? That's when Connor, yes. Connor likes to ask that. So, uh, it's a crushable. Yingling's thought, are crushable. Yingling's 100%. very crushable. Yeah. Um, this one is, yeah, it's a, so it's a locale citrus sweet. So it's essentially like a, a wheat beer, but, uh, like a light version, I guess. Um, it, is four percent alcohol by volume, 105 calories, which is like super low for a craft beer. Uh, lightly filtered body with a sweet kiss of orange. It's your new main squeeze. That's kind of lame. Whatever. Um, definitely, you can tell it's it's on the lighter side, just taste wise too. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't have that like full body like wheat beer kind of taste that you normally get it's pretty good though like it'd be really good on a beach or on the lake or something like that where you uh are where you're kind of hot uh not exactly a a winter beer but hmm, if i was going to compare it to college basketball um actually here you can go connor and i'll i'll ruminate on how about we all just save our comparisons towards okay the- yeah, yeah i like that yeah because we didn't ask andre who, who we compare yangling to so we'll save it towards the end just give me a second though all right so i first i have my luchador bottle opener that i've been missing like i don't know where it's been finally found it i love using it it makes my friend uncomfortable because it reminds him of american horror story the the guy in the like the leather outfit or whatever so uh, but yeah this is a side splitter uh or no skull splitter it's a scotch ale from orkney brewery um so it's 8.5 percent alcohol by volume so i wouldn't say it's going to be crushable and i'm probably going to be feeling something you know like if i have more than one of these um 23 ibus it is rich Fruity, silky. Skull Splitter is one of the strongest beers, named after Thorin er- Thorfinn Arison, the seventh Viking Earl of Orkney. Um, satin smooth, full flavor beer, uh, wine like complexity with flavors of fresh and dried fruits and warm exotic spice and mellow summer fruity notes. So, interesting. Yeah, I, 
it's actually brewed in Scotland, so that's kind of cool. Um, let's go and try. While you while you sip on it, uh, all of Scotch is made in old bourbon barrels, which is a fun fact. Yep. Yep. Fun fact. Mm. So it um, kind of reminds me of the Lexington Brewing, uh, like the Kentucky Bourbon Barrel Ale. Yeah. Definitely has that flavor, but um, I mean, I don't. Know, I think that one's a pretty strong beer too, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. The, like it's also in like the eight, it's maybe seven or eight percent ABV. So, uh, I mean, it's pretty good. It's just strong. I wouldn't say it's crushable, um, but I enjoy it. Just not gonna hammer a bunch of these back, especially like going out. You know what I mean? This is a kind of sip on type of beer. Um, so basketball, college basketball comparison or basketball comparison in general. Uh, I would say like the Dallas Mavericks. And I think it's because, like, they're, they're kind of some heavy hitters. You know, like, Luka Doncic is not a light boy. You know, he's, he's a little heavy hitter there. You know, he kind of uses his body and creates some space using his body. And, uh, you know, and uh, I would say Porzingis, but that's not the case anymore, obviously. Porzingis. Uh, yeah, but you just kind of, like, I mean, you think Dirk, he was a heavy hitter. So I'm going to say the Dallas Mavericks. What do you guys think? What are you, what are you comparing your beers to? I think for Yingling, I'm going to take the Pennsylvania angle and stick local. So I'm going to go with, with Villanova. And I'm going to say Villanova because, one, a lot of history. Yingling's a lot of history there. Two, not necessarily a blue blood. So you're not going to kind of see Finally. or hear Yingling yes. <laughs> there. But, 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 they have the quality to be there, you know? If yeah, it was more absolutely. well known, if, if, uh, more of the country was was kind of hip to it. I think it would be there. So, so give me this the Villanova Yingling connection there. I love it. Also, um, I think I don't know like how they determine this, but um, Yingling like that's the America's oldest brewery. Yes. So I don't so, know like it's not microbrewery, obviously. It's oldest oldest continuous brewery. Con- yeah. Right. Without yeah. It, so what they did during Prohibition, they made essentially fermented milk yeah which had like enough alcohol to be considered an alcoholic beverage but was low enough to be below the it didn't have enough alcohol to register and be like prohibited so that was how they continued to make alcohol through prohibition wait so all right do you guys watch it's always sunny or have ever seen an episode the gang has seen a few episodes yes so mccoyle they talk about their milk like they're they're the McPoyle family is crazy about their milk and obviously based in Philadelphia, which is in Pennsylvania. So maybe that's where they got the alcoholic milk idea, but that's just, <laughs> I had to bring that connection in there. Cause I, I, love I never heard of that though. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that either. <laughs> it, it also is technically a craft brewery. Okay. According to the, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, cool. Um, Dal, what's your I, best? I am comparing it to, well, I guess now they're just Milwaukee. I was going to say the like UW Milwaukee, but again, k- keeping with the tangential Wisconsin connection, but also just like it's something that you expected to be really good, and it just seems to be missing one of the key one of its key pieces. And oh Pat Baldwin has been bad when he played, and also just doesn't play. So I'm just like what a disappointment. 
at this point, like he he can't play because he's playing so poorly. Like at least yeah. now you could say, oh, he was injured. You know, we're gonna unless him unless he's season. Zaire Williams and the Grizzlies will still take him ten, even though he had a worse year than BJ Boston and BJ Boston dropped to the fifties. I still get so mad about that. I still think Pat Baldwin will get picked up by a team. And Over the twenties. Like I think he'll, I think he'll get picked up by a team, and then it'll, it'll be like the hit of the draft, uh, where, <laughs> you know, like some, like he's actually going to be developed by professionals. You know what I mean? You know what they need to pick him is the Nuggets need to pick him to replace the like literally just take out Michael Porter Jr. Say, all right, you're gone, bye. Because the man can't stay healthy and his back is the back of like an 80 year old. And they need to just slide Pat Baldwin right into the Michael Porter Jr. role. Yeah. I'm going to sell hard on Pat Baldwin. I I don't think he'll have have a a tenure there. I I think, I think he just made a a bad choice, which you can, who cares where you went to college for one year? He was going to do, so like, it's still a good choice because he's he's fantastic, but I, I don't think the the mentality is going to be there for anything other than kind of a, a role player, uh, backbench sort of. He career. he needs the right landing spot to be able to be good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't. I don't. I, I think you're right, Dow. Like maybe Denver. I also could see him just going to a struggling team and then, you know, like out of the second round maybe, and then just kind of finding his role there to be picked up by a contender to be even less in a less role like later on. But uh, you're just taking kind of off the athleticism and hype at that point. So, all right, let's move on. Rocky versus Apollo, Daniel LaRusso versus Johnny Lawrence, Ali versus Frazier. What do they all have in common? They were absolute throwdowns. This is the part of the show where we discuss some throwdown games in college basketball this week. All right, so throwdown games, we've got quick hitters. Starting on Monday, the 28th, first game, um, well, actually, it's not the first game of the night, but the most important game of the night would probably be Baylor at Texas at 9, 9 p.m. Uh, Eastern. What do you guys think? Baylor. Yeah, give me Baylor. Uh, yeah, I like I'm Baylor. Still, I'm not sold on Texas. Nope. Yeah. Yeah, give me Baylor here. Um, and then we have a bubble watch game. Um, Syracuse at North Carolina, 7 o'clock on ESPN. What do you guys think? I appreciate you with the going with the Marquette connections. You know, Samir Torrance, the six-minute-a-game guard at Syracuse versus Dustin Garcia's UNC. Wait, Dustin Garcia left the team. So, North Carolina, Syracuse is, like, one of the worst defenses I've, I've seen. 
You're not going for little nepotism, the little nepotism <laughs> bros. <laughs> no, no, I, I, no, no. Give me, give me North Carolina. I think UNC wins too. I think UNC wins, but I think it'll be like overtime, personally. So uh, Tuesday, the 29th, Purdue at Wisconsin at 9 p.m. ESPN Big Ten game. What do you guys think? This is the first of a couple of traps that I laid in this. It is not the 29th. It is March 1st. Uh, yeah. You would read it. That's all for it. Action on this game, though. Jaden Ivey is really good, and he's better than Johnny Davis. So we need to talk about how Johnny Davis is allowed to score 20 points on 20 shots and be considered really, really good, and that he's not just an inefficient scorer. Uh, so... We're anti-Wisconsin. Go Purdue. Listen, you're not going to get more anti-Wisconsin than a Marquette fan. You really aren't. <laughs> but it, there's some sort of like, you know, Cardinal devil magic in baseball where the Cardinals just seem to always pull something out. That's Wisconsin with guard. Like, As a Cardinals fan? Yes. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you, you definitely would know then. Um, I think if they beat Purdue, they clinch at least a share of the Big Ten, if yep. not outright. So at home, the Cole Center – gets loud and Purdue lately, just even in their wins, they don't, they're not convincing. So while I am the furthest thing from Wisconsin fan that you will find, um, I think, I think the Badgers take it. Uh, I'm going to go Purdue. I just think, I just think that like their offense is too good. I don't trust Wisconsin here. So give me Purdue. Uh, Arizona at um, USC at 11 p.m. Eastern. Pac-12, two good Pac-12 teams. What do you think? I think I'm not staying up to watch that one, but <laughs> <laughs> Arizona. Uh, I, I don't. I don't care for USC, and I, I hope that whatever bracket Marquette's in has USC in there because I'm not sold there. Yeah, they're, they're Isaiah Mobley and a bunch of dudes. Um, I am going to go Arizona. they got to bounce back from their Colorado loss. So, I'm not sold on Arizona, so I'm going to go home team here, USC. Uh, they need it more. So give me give me the Trojan. Providence at Villanova, 6.30 p.m. on FS1. Thoughts? Villanova, I mean, the game – it doesn't have the same juice now that Providence clinched the, the Big East or else this, this would have been a fantastic kind of matchup. But um, Villanova matches up well against Providence um, with the with Gillespie's shooting, Moore's driving ability. Um, I think Villanova will have a point to prove, and they're still in the hunt for a late two, early three, which means they get to play in the Philadelphia Regional. So I think Philly has a lot more to play for here. And I'm sorry, Philly, Villanova has a lot for, more to play for by staying in Philly. So um, give me Villanova for this. Yeah, I think at some point Providence has to regress to the mean as well. So give me, give me Villanova here. Yeah, Nova's home team. I'm going to go with them on this one. Providence can't get that lucky. Uh, All right, no, ooh, 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 let me do this because okay. this, is my, this is my trivia. So as we start with – college or conference tournament starting. We really get into conference tournament more next week, but a lot of the kind of smaller uh, conference yeah. conferences start their, their tournaments. So wanted to just call out like for each, some of these have two different games that will start at the same time. But for, for these, we have a couple of them every week or every day. Uh, wanted to see if you all know which conference 
each of these teams are in. So this first one is Stetson versus Central Arkansas at, on, at 7 o'clock. What conference oh, tournament oh, is this? That's, that's tough. Uh, I should know this because my buddy go went to Stetson. Uh, Big South? No, I, I have no idea. Not the Big South. That's a good guess, though. Their football team's in a different conference, correct? I believe so. Okay, so another football is Pioneer. Is it Atlantic Sun? It is Atlantic Sun. All right. Well done. Well, well done. done. Uh, all right, next we have Bucknell versus Lafayette. This one's pretty easy, especially yeah. if you listen to Solid Verbal. Uh, what is Bucknell's again? Nate Sestina, man. How do I... I'm going to be mad at myself for as soon as I hear the answer. It's one word. Colonial? Close. It's the Patriot League. Ah, uh, yeah. And then we have Robert Morris versus Youngstown State. Oof. I, I used to know this one. I don't remember it, though. What Ohio. is it? Valley? I have no idea. It's the Horizon League. Horizon. Seriously? Yeah. Robert Moore's in the Horizon? Apparently. I, thought, I, I think they moved. I think they oh, moved. Yeah. I think they moved relatively recently because yeah. I okay. was surprised by that one as well. Yeah. Because I thought oh, I thought Youngstown State would be in Ohio Valley as well. I'm over. Yeah. But no, I knew I knew Stetson because my buddy – shout out to my buddy Taylor Haig. So I got to go with Stetson in that game. I don't care. Central Arkansas had Scotty Pippen. I, I do not care. Give me give me the Mad Hatters of Stetson. You are way ahead of anything that I would have known about either of those teams. So. <laughs> you didn't know that Stetson went to Central Arkansas? Like, now that you say it, I'm like, oh, yeah, that – yeah, but – Mark, no. Marcus, Dude, I've, I've rewatched the Last Dance documentary like at least like five times. <laughs> Boo! Sorry for liking quality stuff. Last yeah. Dance is Last Dance is dumb. It's okay, fantastic buddy. watch where you're doing like six other things because you can pick oh, up yeah, any moment because like, exactly you don't have to pay attention to it. Yeah, yeah. Well, because at any point you look up and there's something good, so it's not like you yeah. have to give it your full attention. Um. Cool. Do you want to hit the, the Wednesday games, Connor? Yeah. So um, LSU at Arkansas at 9 p.m. Uh, I don't even know what station that is. No, it's literally, no, it's not on TV, and I'm very upset about it. There, it's just not on. What? No way. Not even like ESPN Plus? No. Like, it, there was nothing on Ken Palm that said where this game was being played. So the SEC it's, does not – the SEC pays all this money to have their own network, but won't put their own team <laughs> on Two of their top four teams, yeah, apparently. Give me Arkansas on this one. Arkansas has proved that they are really yeah. good. LSU, they're hot. They're yeah. so hot. Arkansas LSU lost to a guardless Kentucky team. Arkansas had you know beat Kentucky with you know like a full strength technically, but That's yeah, Kellen Grady or Asher, but yeah, we'll allow it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, definitely Arkansas. Ooh, this next one we've already we've already covered Marquette yeah. at DePaul. Yeah, you guys took Marquette, eagle, a bunch of homers over there. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Golden Eagle, Shocker Smart, different animal. Different don't, animal. Don't, don't move to DePaul, but you know where I land here. Yeah. All right, Bubble I'm Watch. Records at Indiana we talked about. Uh, yep. I'm doing records, man. Give me records. 
right. So here's your other. Uh, oh, yes, yes. Trivia. Round two of of name that conference. We got NCA and T versus Radford. Dude, this I one's at eleven thirty and is on TV. I think somewhere. So I have no idea. That's the best when you start getting matinee games like one after the other. Yes. <sighs> Second screen. Yeah. Is is this Big South? It is Big South. There we go. There we go. And it's on the yeah. board. We got St. Francis, New York versus Mount St. Mary's. Uh, I, I watched Mount St. Mary's earlier this season. Wow. Um, shoot. Were they in it, Northeast? It, it is the Northeast Conference. Yes. Yeah. I was going to say that. I was like night one of the season they played Villanova. I watched that game. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and then we got... SIU Edwardsville versus Tennessee State. Is this the Ohio uh, Valley? It is Ohio Valley. Okay, see, I was just a, a, a little That's bit That's a big early. comeback there. We are 2-2 yeah, two, two, two after the Wednesday game. All right, so only like one really good game Thursday, uh, which is Iowa at Michigan at 9 p.m. Big 10 matchup. What are we thinking? It's a do or die for Michigan, right? They, they got to be bubbling right now. Yes, they are yeah. bubbling hard. I'm Iowa because I think Keegan Murray is the best player. Well, I don't know if he's the best player in the Big Ten, but he's better than Johnny Davis, so give me Iowa. He's not better than E.J. Liddell. We've, we've established that, but, but it's okay. You can make pace. He's definitely better than Johnny Davis, though. Keegan Murray, though. I really like Keegan Murray a lot. So, um, Actually, going to go Michigan here because I think the Michigan that beat Purdue – uh, is going to show up. Maybe not to the extent of hitting like 16 threes like they did against Purdue, but uh, you know, I think they'll be pretty good. So give me Michigan on this one. Home I'm going to go for Michigan uh, just so we could get some Ewing theory on, uh, <laughs> on Jawan Howard. Hey, should, should Phil Martelli be full, coaching full time? You know, right, right before the tournament. Give me all that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. All righty. And now on to round three. We have three more conference tournaments starting on Thursday. First one, UT Arlington versus Louisiana at 1230. Uh, I don't remember. I have no idea. I can't. Sunbelt. Sun Belt. Oh, I should have known that. No, yeah. I would not have known that. Especially with Louisiana being the Sunbelt for football. Um, all right, next one. The, yeah, the former home thing. of Jake LaRavia in Indiana State versus Illinois State. Missouri Valley. Missouri Valley, yeah. Yeah. We'll give, we'll give Connor the, the point there because he was quicker, but we both got it. Uh, you'll, you'll get the next tiebreaker. This is like a possession okay. error kind of thing. All right, all right. Um, <laughs> we got Pacific versus Loyola Marymount. It's WCC with Stan Johnson coaching the uh, Loyola Marymount, former Marquette assistant coach there. Oh, nice. There you go. Yes, yes. yes it is the WCC, um, which give, gives us a – Three three score with one uh, with one conference left on Saturday. Um. Okay. So let's see here. Saturday. There's no big games on Friday. So many games. There's like, no big games on Friday. Do not do not watch college basketball on Friday. It's bad. Do something with your life on Friday. Take your significant other out for nope. a, you know dinner movie. I think uh, the Batman movie comes out Friday. Go see that. Ooh. I'm going to see that. Absolutely. So I'll be, I'll be at a. I'm going to a UFC event on. Uh, actually, no, that's Saturday. I think maybe. I think Friday might be a Golden Knights game. I don't know. I'll be in Vegas at this point, so I will be. 
fully in bachelor <laughs> party mode. Oh, for sure. Uh, okay, so Texas at Kansas, four o'clock, Big Twelve. This is a pretty big, big showdown. I think I don't know. No, so I feel kind of bad putting Texas on here twice, but <laughs> Texas is seventeenth in Kempom, like weirdly. Even though I feel like that they're not that good, so I threw them on here. I'm going Kansas in this one, though. I mean, and if we buy that Kansas lost at TCU, they're they're gonna sure, yeah. be out for blood here. So I, I will go Kansas as well. Yeah, I'm going Kansas because I pitched TCU beating Texas or Kansas, so can't be the other way. True. Uh, next, we have, and I only put this one on here out of respect for Coach K. Uh, but we have North Carolina at Duke. This will be the final time North Carolina goes to play Coach K at Cameron. I mean, North Carolina's bad, so I'm going to go Duke here. But I mean, my heart wants the bubble team of North Carolina, the last four out, to go into Cameron Indoor and just ruin Coach K's last UNC matchup. But it, it makes no sense why I would pick that, so I'm going Duke. <laughs> it's a it's a terrible matchup for North Carolina, too. Yes. Duke's guard, so Duke by, like, 20. Yeah, yeah. All right, St. John's at Marquette, 9 p.m. Thoughts? St. John's has given Marquette trouble a bunch of times. Again, they're really hectic style. They press as well. Um, Champagne, I, I can't believe – he's been as good as he has because it doesn't it hasn't felt like it not like last year like last year he was like he should be in the nba and he came back um but having watched the game against DePaul today like marquette has to take care of business here there's there's they, they should not be losing to this johnny team. i agree i'm going marquette yeah marquette's going two and zero on the week they're not losing to paul they're not losing to saint john and then we're going to combine an 0-2 week with Texas to, to hop over that into the, the right. 60. Okay, I love it. I love it. Yeah. All right, Davidson at Dayton, 12.30 p.m. So what do we think? I mean, that Dayton loss at LaSalle. Drink up. It's last call. As we are closing, each host has an opportunity to share any last-minute thoughts, hot takes, found stupid tweets, and fandom talk. All right, let's wrap things up with some last calls. Andre, what you got, man? So I've been a college basketball fan probably since I was like 10 or 11 with the uh, Illinois Final Four team, um, the championship, the, the one that lost in the championship to North Carolina, uh, D. Brown, Brown Williams, um, Luther Head, and I've like I've gotten way away from like numbers from results and gotten into numbers. Like that's been my calling. Like it's all I focus on is like Ken Palm uh, diving in, like synergy. But my son has started taking up basketball now, and like he'll watch all the games. Like he tells me, so we counted. There was 145 games on Saturday. He was all excited. That there was that many. So just as a last call kind of reminders, like it's really cool to watch college basketball, like even without like knowing who's going to favor or knowing who should win or, or why stuff is happening. I think more so than like all other sports, the the atmosphere, the environment that you're going to see in, in any given court at any given day is just different than the NBA. Obviously the quality might not be there, but for me, um, like it's been a really nice reminder that it's really fun to watch college basketball. Like 
whether your team is obviously it's more fun when your team's good. No, not, not, I'm not going to go that far. But when your team is good, you can enjoy other teams way more. And that just the spectacle that is college basketball is something that we shouldn't take for granted because um, I think it's 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 niche enough where most of the country isn't on board where we're at, and we should, we should enjoy that kind of status. That kind of goes in with my last call, so I'll, I'm going to take your your spot here, Dal, and go ahead and give mine. Like, some of my favorite moments, like, I remember, like, in, like, high school, middle school, high school, watching college basketball, and, like, I remember sitting on the couch watching the replay of Patrick Sparks getting fouled on a three-point attempt, but they're, they're checking his freaking foot to make sure it wasn't on the line. When meanwhile he's getting hacked on this three point attempt, but like I, there's so many memories of watching college basketball, and you know, like you could say like I just watched Kentucky, that's fine, but like last year Kentucky wasn't even in the tournament, and it was one of the most enjoyable times. So like you can enjoy the product as a whole for all its flaws. There's still like plenty to take away that are really fun. It's one of the most watched sporting events of the year because it's pure chaos and it's just so fun. Like any team could lose on any given night. So really enjoy it. Uh, so soak it in. Like, even if your team's bad, even if your team's not going to make it like, that's okay. You can still enjoy college basketball for what it's worth. And, uh, you know, just the root for the underdogs. It's always fun to do. Uh, but you have fun with it. Like what we did in our fantasy football league last year was for the draft order. We did our bracket challenge. And that was like one of the most fun things ever. Because people had no idea, like, they're, they were focused only on football. They're like, all right, I think I'm going with, like, you know, like, Syracuse over here. Or, you know, whatever. They were picking all their teams. So, um, it, it was really fun and enjoyable. So, I suggest you do the same if you do fantasy football. Like, convince your league commissioner to do that. But, you know, just have fun with it. Um, I mean, I the, the best part was, like, keeping up with the scores during in high school. Like, on your phone, like, you're keeping up with the scores. And you'd be like, yo, like, Arkansas just got upset. Or, you know, whatever. So, it's always fun. So, just enjoy this time of the year. That's that's my last call. It's a positive one this week. That's how, that's how I know you didn't go to, like, school in Kentucky. Because in Kentucky, the TV is on. You are yeah. keeping up fully with March Madness the entire yeah. time. Fully jealous in that young. regards. Like, or envious in that regards. Like, because... <laughs> Yeah, I remember, like, we would have our brackets in our backpack or, like, before we had the app, you know? Like, yeah. so, yeah, and by the my senior year, they had the bracket challenge app, but we were, you know, we would convince our, like, because by senior year, it was just coasting at that point, you know? You have, like, a month and a half left of school. So, we're, like, we convinced the teacher to turn on the TV every once in a while, the projector, but for the most part, we're just streaming on our phones. But, dude, I remember being at Disney, Kentucky's playing Princeton. We were on spring break, and they're playing Princeton. We're watching the game on our phones on the train at Disney. And I'm just like, this, this is the worst way to watch it, but also like so enjoyable because I remember it. So yeah, like, but my grandmother, cause yeah, streaming's behind, especially back then my grandmother calls. She's like, can you believe that shot? Like she spoiled it. So just, yeah, just enjoy that. Like go do stuff. Like we're going to be in the keys. Um, we're going to the keys in two weeks. And like, I fully intend on watching every game on my phone. Like I don't even care. I'm enjoying it. And so everybody just enjoy the season. It's fun. It's like the most wonderful time of the year for sure. I'm, I'm going to date myself here because when I was in high school, we didn't have phones that could stream games yet. <laughs> but I remember one of my most vivid memories was a chemistry class. We had a test. So it wasn't like a, an actual test, but our, Mr. Walker, who was the, the professor, had – it was Iowa – it was a 2 versus 15 seed. I'm not sure who they lost that year. It might have been 2003 or 2002. Um, but 
so I'm taking a test and he's got on the projector without sound and I'm like going nuts and no one else is like paying attention to it. <laughs> that's like the kind of, like, that's when you know, like, if you yeah. know, you know, and, and, and you know, so yes, definitely. That's, that's the best. All right. So for mine, I'm going to take the hype about the, about March Madness and the NCAA tournament. And I'm going to make the pitch that conference tournament weekend and conference tournament week is a better basketball product than March Madness because you have so many teams that know each other so well they almost all the games are going to end up being close because they played each other forever they know how each other play and it also just you get more games so there are con there's always two or three games on at least and so I almost like Commerce Tourney better than March Madness because you don't see a ton of the like one sixteen seed blowouts. Shout out Virginia for losing that. Uh, but, but yeah, so uh, I mean, I completely echo both of your all sentiments. Where college basketball is awesome. There's a reason we do this podcast. There's a reason like Andre does his. Like college basketball is the best. So enjoy it and just enjoy conference tournament tournament weekend a little bit more than March Madness. Dude, they kind of bleed into both for me. So, like, as soon as conference tournament starts, I'm just ready to get it's over just, under a wall. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as as soon as we get the "This is March" tweet from Ross, we're just oh. it's just going. I'm ready to mute the guy. He just comes up with the worst. Like I, oh my god, there was one the other day. I'm like, where did you even cut? Like, this doesn't even make any sense. Like, it has, so it has no logic to it at all. It's so um, great. So bad. Oh my gosh. So. Okay, so let's wrap this thing up. Andre, we've talked about your, your blog here a little bit. we talked about your Twitter account. Is there anything else you want to plug at this time? Like, where can our fans find you? Where can they listen to you? What, what do you got to plug here, man? Yeah, no, I mean, I'll just reiterate, um, again, paintouches.com. You find a little bit of everything there, all the radio hits, all the pod hits. Um, and then uh, Twitter account is where I'm most active. So if you really want to be nerding out, um, come NCAA tournament time at Pain Touches. Um, you'll get your, 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 your fill of stats and then some there. All right, cool. Uh, like always, you can find us on Twitter at beers and buckets and we're, uh, we're going to be getting way more active on there. I, I get, I fully take the blame on this one. I've been renovating my bathroom, so it's been like 24 seven, just like get this done. Like I tiled till like 11 o'clock, 1130 at night. Uh, Friday night, which was a wild Friday night in the Caldwell Lee household. But uh, yeah, so it's been a little crazy. But uh, as as we're especially conference tournament starts, we are going to be more active on Twitter, uh, interacting with you guys. So uh, I'm looking forward to all the conference tournaments. Really looking forward to how the Big Twelve shakes out because it could be wild. Excuse me, wild. That 8.7 percent's kicking in here in a little bit. But uh, the uh, yeah no it's gonna be we're gonna be more active for sure. But you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and face or and Instagram at Connor J Caldwell C O N N E R uh, Dow. You can find him at do underscore well Harmon. Uh, anything else you want to plug now? Um, if you have any Vegas recommendations, hit us up. I like I said I'll be going for the first time since I was like twelve when we just flew in for a trip. Uh, so I've never been, so give me, give me some recs. Um, also I will, Connor will be more active on Twitter. I will not be because I will one be in Vegas and two, I have horizon forbidden West to play. So 
That's that's fair enough. Um, do me a favor, all our listeners that are active on, on Twitter. Can you go tag uh, at Blue Breakdown in a nerd gif of any sort? <laughs> just so we could kind of troll him a little bit. He's been giving me so much crap for no reason. And I just like it. I'm just, I just like, you know what? I don't, I could just get you guys to do this. You yeah, can so this, this for me. So this is oh. Matt, who is the guy that uh, he comes on here occasionally. And the other day, he he was arguing with Connor about something, and like DM'd me and was like, "Hey, come bully Connor with me." And I was like, "What? No." And then I was like, I, and I knew he was already trying to loop Dal in before Dal even texted me. And so I was yeah. like, you know, like this is when I know you're just trolling and being a turd. <laughs> So like, he does that pretty often. I think he thinks he's like I'm just his his pet toy or whatever. So you know, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, all our listeners go just make fun of Big Blue Breakdown, please, for the love of God. Just it would it would make my day to see that. Tag me in it too if you want to. I don't care. But yeah, all right. You guys have a great week. Marquette's gonna go two and on the week. Kentucky's gonna go two and on the week, and uh, it's gonna be awesome. Wake Forest two and on the week now. Well, just one and no. We only have one game. We only have one game. Okay. Yeah, but, but yeah, one and no. Yes, one and no. Yeah, I like the confidence. I like the confidence. Texas Tech. Who do they play this week? Pull it up. Somebody pull it up. Ah, whoever they are, they're going to beat them. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. They're going either one and no or two and no in the week. I don't even care. Texas Tech's going to go two in the week. So all are. Texas Tech listeners, and uh, hopefully we'll get some Marquette listeners now after we after you have you on, Andre. That, that would be the goal. So uh, we, we appreciate you coming on, though, and taking the time on a Sunday night. Up, you know, we're up pretty late doing this, but, you know, four kids is probably an escape at this point a little bit. Oh, this is great. No, thanks for having me. <laughs> so, all right, we appreciate you guys. Go Golden Eagles and have a fantastic week. And don't lose to DePaul. Don't lose the ball. We don't lose the ball. Yes. <laughs>